Well, yeah, I've been a lot lately. I've been, I've been the most. I've been out there saying so and so did this and that. I don't know. Maybe I need to um, put it into context, put it into perspective. Not be such a little bitch. I'm a bitch. But I do have my feelings. Yeah, I don't know. These are some notes from college. College. I went to college. Structuralists studied economic and linguistic structures. Believed language creates reality. Every time you identify something by name, you place it in binary opposition to something else. Post-structuralists. According to them, meaning is impossible to separate from its interpreter. Meaning is not fixed or static. No such thing as a scientific history because relationships between symbols and objects are symbolic. Oh, there's a space between the symbol and the object, which is symbolic. Oh, Mo, that's like next level. Concepts are always inexact and arbitrary. That is why things get lost in translation. Boston translation. Wicked awesome. Language affects cultural expectations. It is impossible not to assign a point of view or impose narrative tropes upon history. Derrida argued that all thought depended on the repression of alternate languages. Language is an untenable system in which meaning fluctuates. Foucault, on the other hand, Foucault. He was all about social relations. Well, that's like the same quarter. That that's like the same sort of system. Language is a system. Social relations are a system. The meaning of madness changes over time in order to accommodate power and affect social control. Society shall be examined independent of the intentions of historical actors. Looking through past text exchanges with uh, Phil Hartman. I'll always call him Phil Hartman. Uh, my inner voice says he never told you he cared about you or... There's no reason you should have expected anything like friendship or honest communication from him after what you wrote about him. Maybe so. I don't know. I've been rereading what I wrote again, too. He read my book. He hated it. Everyone would hate it. Anyone who looked at it would hate it. I hardly even talked about him in it. I described a really disappointing, unfulfilling, frustrating, and empty experience. That's all it was. He had no intention of letting it develop into anything more. I should have always expected nothing. I turned him into a sadist. 
He wanted to forget me. He wanted to forget me. He'd already forgotten me. He wanted to forget me like he'd forget anyone else. Like I forget people all the time. He has already forgotten me. I deserve nothing more. We aren't friends. He didn't think of me that way. I failed to understand. I put him in the position of having to hurt me. That's unforgivable. That's why I'll never talk to him again. Things might have been different if I'd had more to offer or fewer problems, but maybe they would have been the same. All I know is I regret ever having met him. And it hurts so much. I know he's someone who deserves love. But he treated me like I was disposable. I meant nothing to him. I thought I could turn to him for intimacy and friendship, even after he demonstrated over and over again that he didn't care about me. I kept thinking he had to care about me as a human being, as a fellow human being. He didn't. He just didn't. Some people don't. Most people will never care about me. I expected way more, but I was wrong. I only like it when I get exactly what I want from every experience. I can't help it. I want what I want, and I want what I I I want exactly what I want and nothing less. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, art supply. Yeah, I did go into Texas Art Supply today. Welcome to the Healing Club. This is Todd Berry. No, not Todd Berry. That's a famous comedian. This is Todd Bailey. Todd Bailey, famous artist. He's got uh, um, installation up at Bill Arning Exhibitions. He's uh, the main installation there. I don't know what what do you how do you call that? You got about twelve, fifteen big paintings. So no, how many? I, I think there's thirteen. Thirteen big paintings, and then you've got the smaller postcard size paintings. Also, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, I was I I went to Texas Art Supply today to get a, a tube of pink paint. To, to make my cat pink that I was painting because I didn't have any pink paint and I wanted her to look like she was covered in toothpaste to go with the mustard cat that I made recently. Uh-huh. Was, All I'm the just, food groups. Yeah, I've been thinking, <laughs> thinking of cats covered in stuff and being pissed off about it. This is my, 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 my new theme uh-huh. that I've been I've been trying to work on. Um, Todd Bailey, I really love your... Um, it, Laura Lark was saying that she likes my expressiveness in my painting and drawing and i think you have the same sort of frenetic um your impulse of uh kind of like explosion of you know feeling and like type of like you you're just focused on getting something out and making the way that i i remember reading an interview of jay Riotard, uh r.i.p terrible musician name but like i loved his music a lot i like that uh singer jay Riotard always hated his stage name but um he would come out with like six albums in a year because he just had to get everything out as soon as possible it was just keep working on it and don't think about what what you what you just finish something work on the next thing finish something work on the next thing i think that's i've seen your your house it's uh, it's so it's a you know there's just so much light and you know um I don't, I, I'm I'm not really sure how to just dis- describe through words what your paintings look like. How how do you try to do that? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think uh I mean when people ask me what kind of paintings I'm, do you make, I I think uh, the best general answer is would probably be expressionism. However, uh 
I just uh, make whatever I make it up as I go and uh, I do uh, work very quickly in the process of working but I mean some a lot of the paintings in Bill's show now uh, were started in say 2014 2015 and finished in 2019 and so there was a long period where they just sat around usually hidden away because uh, I don't know there's there's a certain point where the painting I, I, I I'm getting better to stopping before I ruin the good painting mm-hmm. and then I'm and then I'm painting some idea of a painting instead of making the painting and I want a real direct uh, communication and direct marks is what I'm after so I think that's kind of what you're getting after uh, a real uh, I want the marks to be alive and spontaneous because you know there's this idea you know like a like the big bang happened and that was an event and it was over the Big Bang is continuing to happen. Yeah, everything you do is a work in progress. Everything. Well, is I mean, but for us in more. general, as people yeah. and everything, I mean, everyone is growing, and the paintings are growing, and uh, I want them to have like a real organic feeling. Where, and I listened to uh, the podcast with Laura actually today. Oh, yeah, and I really enjoyed it. And there were some like fun, fun topics like a uh, black Kool Aid. Oh, and uh, yeah. I really appreciated a. Uh, uh, dissecting a shark in uh, in uh, Sunday school because when I was in Sunday school we got dissected, you know, uh, and it was a much different. They dissected experience. the children. That's oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, no. <laughs> Northeast Texas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's Wait, like a like the, s- oh, is this? It wasn't like sexually dissected. Well, you know, they they that was a private. Oh, well, that was the you, private tutoring. Oh yeah. Um, I mean. I I I'm not I was not uh, touched as a boy. I I I I always I get worried that people are going to find out that I'm gay and think that I was touched as a boy. That that's uh, the only reason that boys are gay is cuz uh, they got meddled with. But that, I, don't I don't think that always happens that way. I think it you know sometimes it happens, but you usually the ones who are gay are going to be gay whether they're uh, fucked as children or not. Uh, yeah. But I don't know how we got on that top. Topic. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> for, I mean, for me, you know, gay is just a, it's a concept. Yeah. I mean, just like all other human concepts. And um, it's just a dream. It's yeah. Just, um, you know, it's a concept and a I dream I don't really worry me. about it. Yeah. But I, I just. I'm gay enough. It doesn't matter. I, 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 I think I'm, I'm really worried about uh, losing, um, I don't know. I, I, I was talking about my um, ex's uh, uncle, who um, was gay in the seventies, and um, the family did not approve of it. And the family had enough money to send him off to San Francisco and be self-sufficient, but just don't talk to us anymore. Uh-huh. You're, you're okay. You're gay. Well, we we don't want to deal with he that. Go to San Francisco. Get out <laughs> of our lives. Never come back. Yeah, and uh, he he did that. He did that. He got away, Uh, and he had a lot of uh, writings. He would write every day, and he had a whole he had bookshelves full of uh, notebooks that he'd made until he drank himself to death in the early nineties. And he was a little bit crazy before he died, but he didn't die from HIV. He just died from uh, loneliness. He worked at a you know a hotel, Mm. but uh, and just would write all the time and. After he died, you know, the nobody found the body for like seven days. Oh, good. And then, did you say, oh, good? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's not how I want to go. But um, yeah. the uh, the thing that I was thinking well, about, which gone, the, you're not going to know yeah. about the six but, days later. Yeah. But the thing that haunts me is thinking about how after he died, all of his writings, his mother came and just like uh, threw them all away. Oh, wow. And nobody's ever read anything. It's he's not ever tools, mom. You know, oh. she saved him. Uh, oh yeah, uh, John Kennedy tool the the uh, Confederacy yeah. of Dunces author yeah. yeah Ignatius yeah yeah because imagine if somebody would have uh, yeah just because that could just so easily have happened all the writing was just completely thrown out and I I think I'm I'm putting out these oh again I forgot to turn off the Bluetooth speaker I I've done that seven podcasts in a row. Right. But <laughs> I've had well, it's the, part uh, of the deal now. Right? Oh yeah, it's one of the themes. But um, hey, I was gonna ask you, do you have carts and things that you push to bring on? Like a, I, I found your uh, explanation of how the podcast worked and the company mm. that puts it on. I forgot. Already. Oh, Anchor. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was a really good kind of like sounded really professional. <laughs> like you're a radio dude. Oh yeah. I mean, I took some like RTV classes in college, and I was like really terrible about trying to get all the. You know, it was like totally analog you know it's all these cart tapes that you mm -hmm. had to insert and you know i never really was on the radio it was all you know internal radio i've just listened to a lot of podcasts and ads i was trying to sound like scott Opperman and comedy bang bang or uh -huh. or somebody like uh somebody like that who's doing good. that <laughs> like Sounds i just good. i and i do stand up and i do fake voices all the time and i and i abruptly change moves or uh purposefully yeah, make I mistakes like I like the way that uh, oh. even yesterday, you know, that it went from uh, some, you know, pretty, uh, you know, sensitive and, uh, you know, hearty topics and then back to like, you know, goofy wackiness. And, yeah. And I really appreciated your uh, lead in. It was real wild. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I brought, uh, I, I uh, gave myself permission in case I had like wacky voices too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I, and it's hard to like uh, loosen up. Mm -hmm. in a way and uh just by saying that i feel a lot more at ease so yeah you know because this is a it's odd you know i mean it's, it's you and i just having a conversation here however uh there's some sort of thing that there's possibly you know 25 people in houston listening uh-huh and you know what i mean and i don't see them yeah it's a bizarre thing that right? sense of being watched i guess i'm i'm pretty used to it and i i just don't care about uh how people perceive me because I take a lot of pride in just being like able to just go up and speak in front of any audience and be entertaining or I'm not going to, I've, I've had such bad experiences with stand up that whatever happens is not going to be as bad <laughs> as, as uh, yeah, getting yeah. off stage. And once it, it fits Gerald's and, in, in um, when I started in 2012, there used to be a uh, mic at uh, Fitzgerald's and, um, Everybody did super well, and then I went up and just bombed really miserably, and uh, none of my jokes went over at all. And then, you know, some woman came up to me, like, uh, and it, I thought she was going to come up and console me, but she, like, ran up to me to, like, grab my shoulder and was just like, awkward. Oh, great. And just to laugh at how much I sucked. And uh -huh. I was like, ah, oh, well, it's like to be, like, you know, approached with like you know, the most seeming, original, yeah, seeming to come up thing. with compassion and then going "fuck you." I've uh, I've had that enough where I'm like, all right, I I know that, like the fifth grade. I mean, I may yeah. as well do that if you are gonna go up to somebody who just bombed really badly and go, uh, "Oh, good set." 
Like, they don't want to hear that. That's the last thing a stand-up wants to hear after you know that you fucked up and you <laughs> bombed. Nobody who comes up to you is like, oh, you're very brave, little retard boy. <laughs> like, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, sorry well. to bring out the R, the R word, but, uh, <laughs> like, I shouldn't say that, but it's what it feels like. It feels like a seventh-grade girl taunting you and calling you retard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, for real, it's like, that sounds like a Canton Elementary School. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, where's that? Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from Canton. It's uh, 60 miles east of Dallas on the way to Shreveport. Oh, yeah. On I-20. So far, well, an hour Near drive Tyler. to the city. And an hour drive, but we never went that way. We always yeah. went to Tyler, farther east. Oh, okay. Uh, 30 miles east to the mall. So and that would be like a big deal. You, you know, I don't think there was a... There was miles. only a blinking, one blinking red light until, I don't know, probably like 1985. In my hometown, oh, my my high school class was maybe like ninety eight people, mm. and they all came from miles and miles away to get to high school, or or just well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but not really. I mean, oh. there were like you know, in Vincent County, there's maybe uh, I don't know seven main towns, and they're all hovering from twenty five hundred to five thousand people. What did you grow up doing every day? Uh, well, there, town? you know, you sort of play sports or else. Uh-huh. So I played sports. Played football. Football. Ba- I was better at baseball because I'm kind of small. Yeah. So. I was terrible at every sport. Yeah, they kind of made me. I mean, when I was a little kid, I mean, my mom was my mom was a, like a badass tennis player. And, and, and I th- if I understand correctly, she had a full-ride scholarship to UT to play tennis and instead married my dad who moved to Canton and was a mom and a housewife and then divorcee. Oh, so she, she gave up uh, going to college to be with your dad and then, yeah. And then to moving two kids and, uh, but anyway, she loved sports. She was super competitive. And, uh, so I was, as, as soon as I could, I had a baseball glove on and baseball bat and footballs and, so it's sort of an indoctrination, you know. It's just where you're from, and that's what's important out there is sports. And two kids, so you, you have, I have a brother, sister, sister who's uh, the high school librarian, actually, in my hometown. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh. And uh, her son, my nephew Luke, and I are roommates. I know. I yeah. see Luke all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's going to U of H? or. Yeah, he's a senior. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh god, I I grew up in a the Chicago suburbs. I've had a terror of small towns my mm-hmm. whole life. I just think that like oh, I've got to get away from this place whenever I'm in a small town. And I, mm-hmm. I don't like uh I I feel like all the people there are going to hate me if they uh Oh, well they would. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it was like, you know, when Footloose came out in like whatever 86, yeah. it was like or 84, I don't remember, but it was like our town. Uh-huh. Except real violence and real alcoholism and, you know. Mm. And there was like a, there was not like a particular like uh, top king, but it was just sort of like the seniors beat up everyone below them. And then when you were a senior, you beat up everyone. So it was sort of like a revolving casket drawer or something of yeah. uh, revolving violence and weirdness. You know, just like. All schools probably, but this one it was in a small way, and when you have less 
variables, you see all the little clicks kind of closer, I guess. Oh. Did you always think about getting out or always think about doing something? Oh, too? yeah. 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 Well, you know, I remember in the fifth grade dreaming and doodling and drawing spaceships because I was a Star Wars nut and uh, and dreaming of getting out. And then, I don't know, something happened. And, and then one day I found out that I could leave and I, I was really happy again. How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, you know, you don't have to be here. That's why I was saying that one guy, I don't know why he had to drink himself to death because if his family gave him a pass and a p- ticket to enjoy his own life and he didn't have to live up to these people's bigotry anymore, it seemed like that was a big blessing. I mean, most people I know don't have that sort of experience. You know, mm-hmm. you get thrown out without anything except, you know, pr- the shame they throw on you. I figured the guy was kind of lucky, but you know, alcoholism is a whole different thing. I, yeah. I haven't had a drink in like six and a half years, and oh, good for you. I've, uh, it's a big deal for me because I c- couldn't get anything done. I wouldn't learn anything, and it was the hardest job ever, staying drunk. Uh, oh yeah. I've, um, yeah, I, 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 my whole family struggles with the the alcoholism, and um, and I don't know why people uh i don't know it's it's kind of i like the social aspect of drinking i like having fun with my friends but uh yeah, yeah. i don't like that's not the kind of drinking i'm talking yeah. about <laughs> i'm yeah. talking about suicide drinking all day uh, every day yeah if you're up you're drinking you day mm. and yeah that, and that went on like 20 years i mean oh my functioning, gosh i mean i worked eight years at whole foods market and my shift started at 4 a.m I never, I never missed a day. Never got ridden up, and I was sometimes going to bed at two, uh, one hour sleep. Ugh. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm glad it ain't going on now. Yeah, yeah. what a nightmare. <laughs> you work at a, a foundry now. Or? Yeah, it's kind of a a, a low key fine arts foundry. We we deal with mostly just uh, Texas sculptors. And really, right now, we're only working with maybe four artists. Oh, okay. And uh, the main one being, you know, Joe Havel. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I just, when did... He just had a, sh- Joe had, just had a show at the Asia Society, and we were talking earlier today about it, and in relationship to, in relation to our show that's at Bill's, and uh, about crowds, and he said, well, you know, he was talking to someone there and was like, how much, how many people are coming each day? And they, and they were like, well, how many people came today? And because he, he couldn't get a really mm-hmm. determinative answer. And he goes, uh, one. One person. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, that's a fine building and a great place. And yeah. It just, you know, COVID sucked. Well, when 4,000 people are dying every day. Yeah. A lot of people aren't no going out program. to get art galleries. And, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, or, or anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I was the first time, uh, you know, besides Bill's house, the uh-huh. first time I've been in someone's else's house, you know, not I don't want to say this year since we're two weeks in, but yeah, you know, I don't remember the last time actually. Oh, besides my parents. Yeah, know, since March or. Uh, yeah, maybe. Oh. And you know, and Luke and I both had that COVID right at the beginning, like the end of February. Yeah. Early March, and uh, he he his symptoms are quite horrible really I mean, oh yeah i was boohooing a little bit you know it was like, like he had a squeaky toy in his chest 
And I was like, it's all right, man, it's all right. And I'd go in the other room. Like, I mean, I'm not a parent, thank fucking God, but uh, I'd go in the other room and boo-hoo a little bit and go back in. Hey, baby, it's all right. What uh, can I do? You know, it's terrible. Was he coughing blood? No, but oh. he was hacking. It was like a TB ward for about four and a half, five weeks. Oh, my God. And I only had terrible fever maybe a couple of days, but he was really sick maybe a whole week. Mm. And then I have a buddy of mine right now in Mount Vernon who's – got covid he just had a stroke caught covid in the hospital had a second stroke now he's got pneumonia i mean i don't think he's i I mean i hope he's gonna make it but he's not doing well and then there are all the people who are dying from secondary causes because the hospitals are so overwhelmed with the The new patients and they're not built for they don't have the infrastructure to handle a new leading cause of death he got thrown i mean he got he was going to plano to see his surgeon about getting surgery and when he had the second stroke, they put him in a hospital room in a really nice hospital in Plano. And he was not in the COVID ward, but he was in this nice room with this elevator. Only elevator was only COVID people. And then this, it was all separated. But anyway, as soon as they could, they, he got kicked out. Uh-oh. So now he's at home again, you know. And he's in Mount Vernon, Texas, which is 100 miles from any decent hospital which is the nature of America's failing healthcare. Yeah, I don't think about that, about what it's like to be so far away from resources and places to go. I got to say, you know, when Luke and I were there over the holidays, you wouldn't imagine how poor these people are. And, you know, and they align themselves with these, you know, despicable Republicans who don't give a shit about them. And, you know, completely maskless running around because the american education system is a complete failure and these people are victims just like the other people it's terrible oh it's true i mean they're really stupid and i agree they're ignorant but that's what and they ignore everything and then the people the good people there deny and ignore everything that doesn't fit up with this silly like idea and this is this is what I mean about concepts. You know, they have all these dumb concepts like, you know, you know, the, the battle of black and white and black might win. They don't understand that you can't have white without black in the real nature of the world. I mean, we're uh, stuck in duality here as conscious people. You know what I mean? When you say positive, negative arises mutually. You can't do anything about it. And, you know, it's all these stupid people, you know, with these crazy beliefs you know what would jesus do about covid i mean or or just the people storming the capital jesus i mean yeah yeah, i mean jesus didn't even know about hand washing and bacteria Mm. i mean he was could do wine tricks and such but you know it wasn't his expertise you know it was a spiritual thing not a you know a bigotry thing i don't know and they have the uh it it breaks my heart when i see you know preachers who live in, in enormous estates with private jets and uh mm-hmm. they're t- the tv shows asking their uh congre- congregation for money from like they're they're just sucking in money from the poorest people in the country just so that they can fly around in private planes and talk about jesus when it's convenient oh yeah and and like those are the worst people i think hey we got a hometown <laughs> hometown yeah. one you know and uh when I saw that Lakewood Church got $4.4 million reported in the Houston Chronicle PPP mm. loans, 
Oh my and god! This guy's, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, driving a Lamborghini. Money. I mean, what's yeah. a four hundred thousand dollar car? Why don't you sell your car and help out your people, man? Yeah, I mean, this is despicable. Yeah, and this is and this is the guy Jesus Christ said to the least amongst you. You know yeah. what I mean? He did not preach the prosperity Bible. <laughs> he wank, did not wank, preach. Wank. Yeah, I mean, these people have co-opted. And here's a this is the worst thing about all of this is like this fools, these Cretans in the capital. Here's the problem with these these douchebags is that they co-opted what it is to be an American and think their version is the only one and whatever that is and no one else is excluded. It's like black that black and white game. It's uh, us and the other. You know, all these religions have to have someone to be against. It's not just being for life. Mm, yeah. You know, you, these people can't exist without a reaction. At, and it's just disgusting. It's like, you know, the United States, like you were saying, you know, they shit, they shit and wipe shit all over the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, they took a shit in the U.S. Capitol, literally. <laughs> there were people shitting I mean, on the ground in, in protest. This, but, I, I love like, my country, but I hate my government. I mean, yeah. all this kind of stuff. I don't, what the hell um, are you talking about? There's no separation here. Yeah, there's a... Uh, <clears throat> I, I try to not feel that kind of... Um, if I feel the passion in response and I'm like, those fucking asshole idiots at the Capitol, those fucking loser morons, how can they live that way? They're destroying, you know, our lifestyle and, and we've got to fight back. I, that's not a mood I want to engage in either. I don't want to well, be, not, I don't want to be like carried away by passions, even though just be just in response to somebody else's passion. Yeah. Well, I'm to, not really re reactionary, but yeah, but it does make me angry, but I'm not going to stay in some oh, selfish anger. About yeah. It. But I'll tell you what, I was down for the uh, the huge march for Black Lives Matter in Houston with my friend Wade, and the spirit of all those people and what was going on there didn't or feel like nothing I saw in the Capitol. And to conflate these two things, uh -huh. which is like somehow yeah. the, the common argument, yeah. which is just ridiculous. Everything is completely ridiculous. You know, health, we're going to have a wall paid by Mexico and health care for everybody, and neither has happened four years later, and we've got a bunch of bullshit to deal with now. Yeah, but there's, I just think it's all a sideshow, and although I, I know there's a giant world of difference between the way a Trump administration and a Biden administration is going to handle the pandemic or child poverty or, you know, any major problem or you know u.s diplomacy with other countries there's there's not like this you know a uh, hard line uh absolute you know uh like this dickish attitude of like i know what's best fuck you uh like yeah. fuck you rest of the world well, obviously you know, there's not, not gonna the be the best candidate but but there who, do, who yeah. can you talk who have you ever talked to this is what you know the yeah. dnc is a, is a bunch of big sand goofballs too because who have you talked to that said Joe Biden was my first choice? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. And he's our president. That's Although, what I'm saying. How does that I do happen think it makes every sense. time? I think it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it makes sense because who's paying the bills? That's yeah. what you're saying. There's not going to be any change because they've those <laughs> corporations pay both sides no, of the no. table. Yeah. I mean, Apple has like four lobbyists for every congressperson. That's more yeah. than the oil fields. I mean, until America is serious about stopping with the military-industrial complex and this damn Pentagon spending and starts caring about its citizens, it's not going to get Or let the billionaires do everything they want to do. They need to yeah. pay their yeah. taxes. Yeah. Uh, we pay taxes. 
And, uh, and, you know, I still haven't got my $1,200. I still haven't got my $600, nor my 2019 tax return. And I've already followed everything that you can do on irs.gov to the T, entered everything, and still nothing except a letter from on November 6th. So this, this country, you know, the same stimulus package, they pass all this military spendings just to bully people around and blow people up, and it pisses me off. Yeah, I I wish I would have. I wish when I were younger, I would have had a, an option that wasn't join the army. I felt like that was oh you're you're buried in debt. You can't make any money. You have no skills, and nobody yeah. wants you, and and you're just an extra person. Who, well, they shipped yeah. all our jobs yeah. over there. You yeah, know, they blamed the, the Chinese. Well, they shipped all yeah. the decent jobs, so they didn't leave anybody with nothing to do. But there there are a lot of jobs to be created, but they can't be created because public spending is anathema. To the people in charge, uh, anything that would benefit. Uh, well, Bernie the, Sanders yeah. had some ideas about it, like yeah. a WPA project, something really to get people to work. You know, I mean, there's and he's going to be in the new in the new cabinet. So, I mean, there's certainly yeah. some hope and possibilities, but people well, there's who a lot care more than there was a are going to have to yeah. do something. It's like it's like everyone just votes in November, and then it's gonna we're gonna sit around. And me too. And just mm-hmm. sit around and wait and let them do it. Well, that's not how electoral politics goes. It's yeah. the people, if the people are engaged. And obviously, since Reagan. I've sometimes thought slipping. about running for office or being a politician. I, but I don't think I could because I would always do something that would uh, make me look bad. Like, I, I just have no skill at. Uh, presenting consistently a positive image or a face that people would vote for or i, I don't know there's always stuff that people could dig up about me that would look bad. I, I i'm not I mean, that donald not trump that anybody's begging me to donald run trump for just got elected president yeah. he <laughs> was sleeping with the whore the month before election and everyone hey, knew yes. and everyone knew and all these damn right-wing christians voted for him anyway and they knew he was a yeah. fraud knew he was a sleazeball no he doesn't pay his bills rips off everybody and you voted for him anyway yeah, but i wouldn't run as a republican yeah and republicans can get away with anything because if you promise to just do what they uh do then uh well just tell them that's god's plan and yeah you can't argue i guess well i don't know but that there's i'm not gonna run for office but i i've thought about it and i've thought like i oh. think you'd do good locally bob oh yeah yeah mm, i um i don't i don't know what i could um yeah, I, I want to contribute something. I always have wanted to do something to help others or something to – I always thought being a teacher would be a great occupation, but I am just – I am scared of the testing and the uh, the way that teaching is uh, conducted in this country and, and the um, the different policies that like you know, um, make it difficult to like, – to have any autonomy as a teacher mm-hmm. and um and that's what i mean they're not yeah. it's terrible I, I looked into that too when i first got to houston because you know trying to make a living as an artist you know is there's not a whole lot of money right and the money that one does get it's used to make the next bits yeah i mean ain't nobody getting rich here <laughs> and but the th- and but to earn a living and to keep it going you know I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Uh, you gotta have a lot. You're of, doing it. You're you're you managing. A, yeah, but I got a lot yeah. of side hustles. Yeah. You know, and you know, in my time at work since 
you know, I was laid off a few months, but I got taken care of by the foundry. But, you know, I've been down to, you know, working half time for like five months. Well, my mm-hmm. bills didn't go in half. Yeah. So what I w- make from my job pays the bills only. So uh, if I sell a painting, it's really great. But, I, you know, you don't I work in a wood shop. Yeah. I like clean yards, gutters. Uh, I mean, whatever. Hang pictures. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I've just accepted, you know, it's kind of what you have to do. Uh, to, if I was a musician, I'd probably be doing the same yeah. thing. And when I was a musician, that's what I was doing, too. So. Yeah, and I'd always worked uh, service jobs while trying to pursue comedy. And I'm mm-hmm. just thinking, because I, I don't think any job that is demanding of your time when you're not at work is compatible with doing yeah. comedy. Although, you know, a lot of comedians are teachers. A lot of people have tough jobs and they still do comedy, but I just don't think I'm built for that. I don't think I could. Mm. I have to... Comedy is more than just going up on stage for me. It's writing. What's happening with the secret group? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, 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 It's up in the air. I think they're doing... Um, I know that they're going to start doing shows in February. They have, an, they have a show lined up on February 13th with Louis Gomez. Um, from the from, Legion uh, of Skanks podcast, Louis, Louis Gomez. Oh, um, he, uh, he, he's got a famous podcast called Legion of Skanks. Wow. And um, they're Is it funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. For for the purposes Skanks. of this podcast, it's very funny. Okay. okay. <laughs> Legion <laughs> of Skanks. Okay. But good. yeah, like, I'm I'm not gonna be on the show, but. Uh, I, I I'll probably maybe I'll hosting? go. No 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 I'm not. Uh, no I, I I don't do Louis Gomez kind of humor. I oh. um from, uh, the uh, oh maybe I do but I don't I don't they're not they're th- nobody's asking me to and uh, I'm I'm since I've been doing this podcast almost every day for the last month it's fucking with my head a little bit to to always but I I am removing myself from um that that feeling of needing to compete and, and, and like my main validation coming from whether I get booked or not based on my standoff. I, I think like uh, I'm, I'm living through this more than I'm living through going up on stage. And, and I, this is more of uh, an opportunity to express things other than I'm gay. Like when I'm on stage, it's like, Hey everybody, I'm gay. And I've got that to talk about only for five minutes. <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, I'm looking to talk about a whole to, lot of things on this podcast. I'm going to listen yeah. to some more because, uh, well, like I said, I've, I listen, only listened to one and I really enjoyed it. And that was today. So yeah. I'm going to check out a few more. And I'm really interested in the ones that you say are disasters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to know. Why, why, and why do you think they are? Oh, no, no. Some of them, I, I, uh, I, I just, Is it just market them. I label them disasters just because they're um, just just so that people go, whoa, I, I wonder what that what happened there. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, just like you I was you did. thinking yeah. even on some on the Facebook thing, you know, you could put the quotations mm. mark, you know, oh. about, about, you know, yeah. Laura Lark said, yeah. and then we drank the black Kool-Aid. <laughs> And you know people. Oh, what? just little moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah, a little teaser. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I've delved into all sorts of issues that like I've um had a hard time expressing to anyone. Like that uh, that episode that I did with Stephanie, my friend. Um, I really talked a lot about something that I've very I've had just a, an incredibly hard time getting other people to understand. Just a uh. 
what to me was the most degrading and humiliating and traumatic sexual experience of my life with somebody who I came to realize was doing it all intentionally over years fucking with my head emotionally and psychologically just like uh leaving me feeling devastated and and like uh, uh like just because he thought it was funny and Dang. i i'm like i i just yeah like and and i don't want to i i want to put those feelings to rest so badly and I, and i want to just stop caring about stuff that has plagued me mm-hmm. like for uh years now and I'm also a little getting to be worried now that I'm doing these podcasts so much. Maybe I'm going to run out of stories and things to talk about. <laughs> like maybe, so I want to start listening to people and hearing their stories. And maybe that'll help me, too. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I've got a lot of stories. And I, I like to write and I love to. Uh, but I just I'm as an dealing, artist, do you ever feel like you're just working on the same thing over and over again? You're just uh, kind of like working out like. A, like well, a in path. a way, I mean, you, I think everyone is. I mean. I mean, because, I mean, I mean, theoretically, all these paintings could be one painting and it could just keep on going and changing every day, like Dorian Gray or whatever. The Big Bang thing you were talking about, that was a beautiful way of putting that. I mean, yeah, I mean, but, you know, to say stop and this is this is uh, today's symbol because or whatever, this is today and I'm going to leave it alone and not paint over it. I mean. But, you know, after, you know, it's just like after painting has time to rest and you've really lived with it and looked at it for a really long time. I mean, you can really, well, I mean, I kind of like, it kind of either grows like with you or grows yeah. away. And, but I also, I, I have to say that I'm always not the judge. The paintings I think are beautiful uh, are my most, I'm most yeah. proud of and what I really like. Almost never <laughs> does someone pick that as their favorite. And another thing was back when, um, uh, and it's another thing uh, about these unusual works. If I had like your painting only in my house with all my stuff, someone would pick your painting. They go, "Oh, what about this?" I know that's so they funny. I hate that. that. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, it's, I like this one." It always I didn't happens. do that. It always <laughs> happens. It's just some weird thing. When uh, I was at my studio on Summer Street, I had a painting. It was like twelve feet in the air. Yeah. You know, small. You know, two by four feet from uh, I forget who. A friend from Dallas, I think, in mm-hmm. in a room full of huge paintings, and that's the one. And I don't know what it is about the odd thing, uh-huh. because, uh, well, in this show, in particular at Bill's right now, I mean, that blue painting, it in relation to the other paintings, is odd. The blue and painting? I think so, you because think so? the way the paintings paint uh-huh. is laid on, it's uh-huh. a lot more thin. And it's all come, and it's all that painting all came together. And you like, think it feels more like a work in progress than no, finished? no. I just think it's finished. I just think mm-hmm. it it came from itself. It's itself the most with the mm. least finagling, the least editing, the least mind uh, thought manipulation. Editor later, right. all that nonsense that fucks up every yeah. good painting. Some, sometimes I fuck up a, a drawing, and I'm happy that I fucked it up because then I get to just fuck it up more i'm like i have total freedom to just (laughs) fuck it all up now like i I I love the way it looks freedom to fuck them up too but why would you why don't you have the freedom to make something you want yeah i mean fuck that i mean already i spent so many years being a (laughs) wanker dude that shit don't work Uh, a drunk wanker painter keep it making the same mistakes over and over and over and never learn anything sucks yeah it sucks Uh, and today 
I want to make the painting I want. And if it and if I don't want it and I want to paint it out, then so be it. But I'm not just going to destroy something just for the hell of it. Oh, if you see something you you you're like uh, I'm not happy with I, it. It's I I fucked up. There. I went too far with that one uh, little stroke or that that, that, that little air. Ah, it was great until that one thing I did. Then, then I think about it, and I get mad at myself, and I'm just like, well, I'll just fucking if you rework leave, the whole thing. If you leave yeah. that mistake, if yeah. you leave that one mistake, that's yeah. that's the thing. That's the signifier. That's yeah. the thing that's in the room when there's 20 canvases, and there's <laughs> that one. That's yeah. the thing that makes the canvas. This is the thing, that, and this is what we like wipe out. And this is the, and in my opinion, this is the real you. Yeah. This is the real mark. And somehow, when you come back and analyze, and the and the critical mind that knows everything about art is going to come in and say that ain't no good. Why isn't it? Uh, I mean, you know, it's just uh, what, what it's based just not on what, what I was what, trying what, to what, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But but accidents are best friends if you realize it ain't an accident. You made it. Mm-hmm. You made it. And the real thing is, you know, like uh, back to Joe. I was talking to Joe one day about accidents and painting, and he goes, "If you left it." no accident ah yeah you know and there's a lot yeah. of truth to that because there's i mean there's so many ways i mean to like to get down on yourself as an artist you know about stuff i i'll speak for myself i can find a million ways to be down on it mm-hmm. you know and i i I try to preserve everything, but then there are just some things I'm like, that sucks. And then I like put it. <laughs> I threw away a lot it, of stuff. I it, uh, but then I, I ain't giving away a lot of stuff, throwing yeah. away a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I but I keep think I keep my <laughs> throwaway pile for like a year, and then I look back at the throwaway pile. I'm like, all right, that wasn't as bad See? as I thought it was. Yeah. Man, Brad Moody told me <laughs> he had a stack of paintings by the door, and he had these rich clients coming over, yeah. and he said, I'm gonna get them, Bailey. They're gonna buy this big old painting and all this stuff. They looked, they had their nose up at every fucking painting he thought was the one. And on the way out the door, they spy that pile of trash and buy that painting. He added, he, I think he said he added a couple thousand on the prize uh-huh. just because it was uh, so tight. Could. And it was smaller than anything that he would in that he showed them. And he thought it was it was going to the garbage. He said he meant to do it before they got there. Oh wow! That's what I mean. I mean, no one really knows. It was like Laura was saying yesterday. No one knows the future. You don't know what that mark is gonna do for somebody, or for you. I mean, I think there's too much. I know I do. I, I because of my experience in my life, somehow I think I know what's coming. And no one knows what's coming. Yeah. Besides the final analysis, you know, yeah. you know, but that ain't here yet. So. When you look back on your life, you always get this sense that it was all plotted out and arranged that way for a reason. <laughs> but it never feels that way when you're living your life. <laughs> I don't know about a reason, but oh. it's, sometimes it seems plotted. Yeah. I um, I want to. I, I that's what the Presbyterians are all about predetermination. Yeah. What it, I think what drives me to express myself or to go up on stage or draw things or write things or try to you know um, make a mark for you know other people is that I I'm so afraid to um, to just to be shepherded and herded into a life I don't want and I'm fighting every time I make something for the life that I want. Mm-hmm. and i but i don't know what i want and i don't know what it it's uh-huh. yeah it's um 
sometimes what I'm working for may be exactly what I uh, wish I wouldn't have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's funny. Uh, <laughs> like, um, well, I don't know. I'm pretty happy, I guess, with things the way they are for me. I, I, I just I don't know that I like if I were ten years ago looking at you know what I'm doing now, I'd be pretty impressed with uh, all the stuff that I've managed to make happen. Mm-hmm. But I feel like i'm just losing so badly every day i wake up i'm like i am i'm being squashed and and i i can't help i can't fight back everybody is like uh pressing in on all sides and i have no freedom and 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 no no ability to you know um get done what i want to see you know like or or that i'm I'm just a failure i'm a failure i'm a failure i'm like i repeat that to myself in my head you're you're a loser you're a failure you're fuck you you're bob shut up you're a failure you know, like, uh, that, but I'm, you know, but if I had some distance, I'd be like, I, you're, you're cool. You're, 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 mm-hmm. you're doing your best <laughs> and, and, and you don't need to stress out so much just because a certain person doesn't like you or a certain, you know, like a certain group of people don't like you or you know, like you, you're just not, you know, like you can't let them, you know, dictate the terms of your own self image, like the but I, I love to let the people who don't like me define me. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to tell your story for you if you let them. I mean, yeah. your parents, you know, like, Bob doesn't act like this. Bob <laughs> acts like that. That's not Bob. Yeah. You know, that's not Todd. Todd doesn't uh-huh. do that. My crazy grandmother, she used to say, Oh, hon, your hair is so pretty. Why won't you cut it? People are going to have the wrong idea, and you're a nice boy, and they're going to think something bad about you. You know, you got to cut your hair, hon. That's well, my grandmother. I mean, yeah. and she believed it. She was so She's in trying earnest. trying to help. Yeah. So many people yeah. trying to help. Or, uh, uh, but, I mean, I know, that, that movie, I know what you're saying. I go back you know? to that movie, uh, the, the, the Night of the Hunter. Have you ever seen that movie with Robert Mitchum? There's this he's an awful evil preacher who just kills widows oh, wow. and, and goes from town to town and, and like take kills widows and takes their money. And, and, and like, um, <laughs> but then there's uh, there's, there's this one woman whose uh, husband is executed by the state who shares a cell with this, uh, this Robert Mitchum, the preacher guy gets busted for, you know, um, stealing a car. And then when he's at a strip club, they, they nab him and then he spends some time in prison. <laughs> and, um, his his cellmate is this guy who committed another robbery and, and and a murder during the robbery and then he's being executed and his children have um they like he he got to his children before the police cut up to him and he gave them $10,000 to hide and to not even tell their mom where it is and uh it's a 7-year-old and a 5-year-old in charge of all this money 10 grand and then um he the 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 guy who's going to be executed starts talking in his sleep and the preacher robert mitchum hears enough relevant information to know that there's this money that and 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 who knows where it is and so he takes it upon himself to go and woo this mother of these uh orphan of the mother of the of the kids who you know who you know got the money from their dad who you know was Uh executed when he gets out of prison there's there's a woman who you know works with this mother at the ice cream store. Her name is like Icy, something like her. Her first name is Icy. <laughs> That's pretty subtle, but uh, <laughs> but she's just like uh, 
you need a man. Kids can't grow up without a parent. And then she's like, oh, why don't you have that delightful Robert Mitchum character over for Fudge? And, you know, like, he's he's a wonderful person. Like, she, she's the one who forces them to be together and, and can't see the evil of the guy who just wants to, like, you know, kill her and take her money and, and kill her children. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, yeah, but people with good intentions don't know what they're doing, but she's, yeah, like, yeah. but, but if they, well, you know, they say the road to hell. Yeah. But then people I mean, who refuse to see the good and people are refuse, like when, 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 when somebody refuses to uh, believe you when, when you're talking about like uh, the danger of a, certain person or or when when like like your your grandmother like saying you're gonna go to hell if you don't cut your hair it's like it's no yeah. she was more worried about what other people are thinking not hell or heaven yeah no she's worried about what other people think because that's what everyone's hung up on everyone cares about too much about what other people's other people's opinions are everyone's higher power and everyone's god yeah yeah. It's hard to not the care. The whole fucking church system yeah. is all about going around and showing so you yeah. can be there so everybody else will see you. I mean, isn't art just like trying to get people to like you? Isn't that what art is? It's <laughs> like, no, uh, I, mean, I want, I want it. That's not why I made my I know, art. I know. I don't know why you do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what art has to do with anyone liking me personally or not. They may yeah. like my paintings or not, but that doesn't. The painting has a life of its own after it's made. And, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 that's, I think that's my, uh, that's what it, I, I demand that people accept me. I, I want people to like me so badly. I'm always fighting and I'm always so hurt if people don't like me and if comedy feeds into that and, and it, it, it becomes addictive to, to feel that feeling of a room full of people laughing and liking you and like yeah mm -hmm. like well i mean i mean the first time i met you i mean i knew you're a smart cool dude and uh i think you're a little bit quiet but i just figured it's because you're a smart cool dude yeah you know what i mean hmm. and uh so i don't know but i i mean i have to just say this dude i think you're being real hard on yourself yeah yeah because you're doing good and you wouldn't have those sort of contradictory thoughts if everything wasn't all right yeah if or you would be like the cretin in the fucking white house <laughs> you know yeah. this this is a i mean the whatever part of our mind i mean i don't know super ego whatever's bossing yeah. you around the critic guy man just needs to fucking take a break and i mean the only way i can i can because you can't no one can control their thoughts but you can control your breath and if you start using breathing it'll change your mind already because you you can't wag the dog on that shit. You can't outthink it. It's wheels and wheels and wheels, and you'll never outthink it. And it'll make it makes it makes me crazy when I do it. Wait, usually wake up three thirty in the morning, already heart beating, having a resentment, some shit, mm -hmm. and being a drunk. That's some shit I can't have one second because that's why I'm a drunk. Is because I'm a resentful motherfucker mm -hmm. who can't let shit go. Yeah. And I and this has been my story my whole life. Even before I drank as a little kid, man, I'm like an elephant. I remember shit from 1974. I'm still mad about, you know. You're always trying to get revenge. But not now. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to let it go and accept my life and my part in my life because it's who I am. 
and yeah. I'm responsible. Just like when it's raining outside, I didn't do anything, but if I don't want to get wet, I'm responsible for the fucking umbrella, right? Uh-huh. It's like life is, too. You may not have did everything, but it's still yours. Yeah. So somehow you have to make peace with that. I had to make peace with that shit, or I'm making peace because mm. nothing's ever settled. There's no finish line, and I always had like a kind of like this illusion that I was somehow going to get to this place, and then I was going to be fine, everything was going to be good, and then I could spring from there and blossom. And that's yeah. never been true ever. I'm always thinking that, that like it never as happens. soon as stuff works out, then I'll really right. start. But you're doing yeah. you're doing what you're talking about already, Bob, is what I'm telling you. Yeah. You're doing it, dude. Trying. Well, this is about... This is about the length of, right. of uh, thank you. my podcast. Uh, thank you, Todd. This has been. Uh, I'm gonna listen back at this, and I, and I think it's gonna really help me. Like, uh, well, thanks, uh, man. T- uh, you, you're really inspiring, and I think your work is just absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. And go see it. It's up until the end of February, February 24th. I think Eight. it is February 20, February 28th. Is That's the what show I've been Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Maybe I'll get it. Anyway, if you if you hear this, go to check out Bill Learning Exhibitions, wear a mask. It's it's completely safe to just walk in and look at the work at the gallery. And um, you know, thank you for coming here. And thank if you're you. listening, thank you for listening. All right.